is up guys welcome back to another episode of the fantasy fellow show my name is kyle in this video it is uh it's july 12th it's about 6 p.m central time here uh we're gonna just kind of go over the news there's not a whole lot of news but uh, uh there's still a few things out there that we should probably discuss uh and then maybe at the end of the video we'll get into i might have some best ball picks to make we'll take a peek at my uh, take a peek at my scott fishbowl team so far i think we're just and just about to enter the seventh round so we got a, a lot of data there uh and then before we get into the news i just want to say the 2022 draft kit is here it's uh it's got projections cheat sheets rankings bonus articles uh stats research all that good stuff and more i try to update things every friday but if you do get the draft kit you'll get access to my my live google sheet document that is uh always always up to date so check that out uh, it is 15 dollars uh use the promo codes uh links and all that good stuff below uh but let's get into it uh the player news here from nbc sports edge what one of the main news blurbs today was the chicago bears acquired Nikhil Harry in a trade, uh, a 2024 seventh round pick. So he was, uh, I think it was maybe 20, 2018, 20, maybe 2019. He was a first round draft pick by the New England Patriots. Now he's a seventh round pick. As far as where he fits on the Chicago Bears uh, depth chart, let's actually take a look here. Uh, we'll use our friends, our lads. Uh, and you see here, Byron Pringle, Darnell Mooney, Velas Jones Jr., those are the top three guys slated for snaps here. But after that, I mean, Nikhil Harry, could he could be their number four. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown's there, Daz Newsom's there, Dante Pettis, Tajay Sharp, just a bunch of guys trying to make the team at the end. But I believe Nikhil Harry will make the team. Uh, he's got a good chance of doing so, and he could be. They really don't have a body type like his size. Equinemius St. Brown's a bigger receiver, but I could see Nikhil Harry maybe, you know, beating uh, beating these guys out and being number four and uh, perhaps being out there in three wide receiver sets at times so Nikhil Harry not a guy we're interested for drafting but whatever it is it is a body better for Justin Fields maybe he catches a touchdown or two on the season so it is a slight improvement to the overall receiving group uh but we'll see it's uh Nikhil Harry at least he's out of the Patriots and, and hopefully he can find uh some some new life and some new greener pastures uh but the cover guy of today's video probably one of the more important news blurbs that we have to read here Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, speaking on a good football show, Lions beat writer Benjamin Raven said he doesn't see Lions wide receiver Amon Ross St. Brown getting fewer than six targets per game. Per game. If you do the math, six targets times about 17, I think it came out to like just over 100. It was like 102 when I did the math. Um, so that's putting it lightly, but I guess if you're getting six targets from Jared Goff, you're probably catching four of those. Uh, so that's four catches per game. Call it what, 10, 12 yards per game. That's kind of floor. If you play PPR, you're probably getting a, a nine to 10 point floor for most games. So he is a safe, reliable target for Jared Goff. Um, here's the here's the quote. If Dan Campbell could create a wide receiver, it would be St. Brown. Uh, there's suddenly a lot of fancy capital being spent in Detroit between St. Brown, Swift, Hawkinson, Jameson Williams. This could be a situation where they all feast. It could also be a situation where only one where only a few of the above are actually smart targets. It would seem to say a lot for St. Brown's stability that Campbell feels so strongly about St. Brown. Check out the whole episode below. Uh, let's actually look at Amon Ra's numbers. Amon Ra, St. Brown, FF Today. I mean, he was a league winner for, for teams last year. He was probably, in a redraft league, he was probably a, a mid-season waiver wire pickup. But last year, 90 receptions on 119 targets. That is insane efficiency. That's basically, you know, catching three out of every four balls, which is fantastic. 912 yards, five touchdowns, even had some rushing upside. Seven carries, 61 yards, and a score there. So six total touchdowns. I think that's a probably a good number for him to get to this year, maybe six or seven uh, total TDs. And uh, man, 90 receptions, that might be a little bit tough, but look at these numbers to finish the season here from our guy. 
Amon Ross St. Brown. Let me just reformat that a little bit here. So you're looking uh, basically from weeks 13 on against Minnesota. Look at the targets, though. Double-digit targets in six straight games to end the year. No fewer than eight receptions in those six games here, and no fewer than 73 yards. You see five, I guess all six of his touchdowns came in these last six games, too, and then it's just a PPR numbers, 24.8, 15, 23, 26, 33, and 26. Now, uh, I believe DeAndre Swift missed maybe two or three of these games. Hawkinson wasn't playing in these games. And really, they didn't have any other receivers to speak of. I think Josh Reynolds was the only target uh, really there that was competing for uh, Jared Goff's attention. So uh, it's easy to say this is not going to be a sustainable pace for him. But, man, we know that when he gets called upon, he can do it. You might see some more box scores like this where maybe his targets are, you know, in the 8 to 7 range. But you look at the receptions, 5, 7, and 6, a range of 70 to 65 yards. No touchdowns in that game. But a 13, you know, I, I could see this being what we get from Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, a, a bad game from him is going to be 7, 8 points. But just a solid game without a touchdown, probably looking at 13 points. And if he does keep the touchdown thing rolling, man, that's where he could be uh, of value. And I guess where I have Amon Ross St. Brown ranked, let me look at my PPR projections. I have him here as a wide receiver 24. So in a 12-team league, he can be your wide receiver too. I do believe he looks best as a wide receiver three on your roster. But man, uh, he's going to face more competition. Again, we said no TJ Hawkinson, no Swift uh, in those final games here. They did add DJ Chark. You're going to have Jameson Williams coming back at some point. So there, it, he's probably not going to see uh, every game over double-digit targets, but I think there's going to be a handful spread out this season. You're probably looking again six, seven, eight targets per game I think is doable. And uh, my line for Amon um, Ross St. Brown, I have him at 126 targets. 87 uh, receptions, 900 yards, and six touchdowns. So very similar to what he did last year. I think we're just going to see it spread out uh, a little bit more evenly. So I like Amon Ross St. Brown. If we had to look, uh, let's look at his uh, ADP here on drafters.com. In terms of wide receivers, you're seeing Amon Ross St. Brown uh, kind of going late. He's going 59th overall, which is like the second to last pick in the fifth round. So to get a wide receiver three there who probably will lead his team in receptions, I, I think it's pretty good. And man, the, the hype around the Lions, a lot of people are digging the Detroit Lions in 2022. Maybe not to win a lot of games, but to be competitive and to, uh, to score fantasy points. Uh, we'll keep it moving here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, I guess the, the GM said that the Panthers and Baker Mayfield have yet to have any talks on a contract extension. Uh, I think there's another blurb later. We'll get to Baker in just a second. Uh, the Rob Gronkowski blurb that we saw today, they had Mike Reese, uh, Patriots uh, beat reporter, talking to him on video. And he basically said, I'm done with football. And they even brought up, you know, if Tom Brady would call. Uh, would you go back? And he's like, I wouldn't go back to football. No, it sounds like he wants to be uh, involved in business adventures going forward. And and uh, I personally, uh, to draft Rob Gronkowski, it would have to be with, like one of my last picks. But who knows? Uh, I could see him coming back this season. But I think for now, I'm going to assume that we don't see Rob Gronkowski uh, anymore. I think he's going to officially retire. So we'll see. Um, Latavius Murray, the Athletics, uh, Mark Cabali believes the Steelers could sign a veteran running back during training camp. Uh, Cabali suggested Latavius Murray, but there's actually a couple interesting free agent uh, running backs available. Let's actually look at that free agents. Uh, I'm going to go to spot track here. Uh, I want to take a peek here at the running back free agents that are available. There's a couple good ones left available. I don't know if Latavius Murray is the best play. Um, as far as if you're looking for a veteran running back, I know Latavius Murray's like he's good in short, uh, short, you know, down and distance situations. Uh, but I think there's some better running backs available here. And basically, they just want to make sure they have a good guy behind uh, Najee Harris. But looking at some of these guys, 
of course, like Tariq Cohen's an out for the year. David Johnson's there. But I, I like De- uh, Devontae Booker, 30. Jalen Rashard could be a good, uh, you know, scat back. Carlos Hyde's there. Malcolm Brown, there's Latavius Murray. Devonta Freeman looked decent last year uh, in stints with Baltimore. There's Peyton Barber, Alex Collins, Wayne Gallman. You know, there's a handful of guys here. But I think the one that I want to make sure I know uh, when, when he signs, I think it'll be significant. Is, is probably going to be Devontae Booker, who looked good as a passing weapon last year. So something to watch here. The Steelers could sign a veteran. Uh, Tyree Jackson, pup list here. No deal imminent for Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz. So he's currently franchise tagged uh, almost $11 million this year. So th- this has kind of been going on all summer here. He doesn't have a deal in place for the future. So he's technically, I, I kind of like investing in Dalton Schultz this year. He's going to be the clear number two target for Dak Prescott, of course, behind CeeDee Lamb. But we know Michael Gallup's not going to be ready. To start the year, it sounds like he could miss all of September, maybe come back sometime October. And then what? They have a rookie, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, they have James Washington. So they have some some interesting guys there at the second and third receivers. But it's very clear Dalton Schultz will be the number two target for Dak. So if you're drafting a tight end in the sixth round, I think uh, Dalton Schultz should be at the top of your list. And he's going to be a busy guy. You know, five, six catches per game. I think he's going to be steady. He's not going to uh, he's not going to blow you away with, you know, Darren Waller. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews stats, but he's going to be steady, probably double digits uh, for PPR. So Dalton Schultz, where I have him ranked right now, he is my tight end six in full PPR. Not too far off of George Kittle, though. So uh, I think for me, I've been passing on George Kittle in the fourth and fifth round. And if you want to get a six round tight end, it's probably Dalton Schultz. So he's been a guy I've been looking for there. Uh, here we go. Jimmy Garoppolo. So ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reports the Seahawks have discussed the possibility of Jimmy G playing for them. So this is interesting because, one, it's NFC West. You typically don't want to trade within your division unless that player, you know, is just the bottom uh, bottom of the roster guy. But Jimmy Garoppolo would probably be the walk-in starter for the Seahawks. They do have Geno Smith and Drew Locke. It looks like that's going to be a QB competition. But as of right now, it sounds like Gino's got the leg up on that one. He's just been in the offense for the last two years, uh, probably a little bit more stable and steady Eddie than Drew Locke. But uh, there's potential for Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded, whether he's released, traded. Uh, you got to think his best chance to start in the NFL right now, it's either Seattle or there was another rumor that it could be a Houston Texan. But I have a feeling the Texans want to see what they got with Davis Mills yet. So those are the two leading teams that I've seen for Jimmy G. Uh, and basically right now, like the ADP for some of these Seahawks weapons right now, whether it's DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and Noah Fant, these guys are all way too low, I think, right now. And I, I know the Seattle Seahawks don't have a high volume passing offense or whatever, but. They're going to be losing a lot. I don't think they're going to be able to set the edge and run the ball and kind of play their way. They're probably looking, assuming it's Geno Smith and Drew Locke, they're probably like a four to six win team this year. So they could pass a little bit more. But if it is Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you have to upgrade all the receiving weapons just a slight bit. But that, we'll, we'll wait and see here. It sounds like if anything's going to happen, it's got to be you know pretty in the next coming weeks here because training camp starts. You're going to want, if Jimmy Garoppolo wants to start this year, he's got to get a deal done uh, very soon. Uh, but let's get on to Russell Wilson. More Jeremy Fowler reporting in AFC personnel evaluator said the Broncos are tailoring the team's offense around Wilson. Kind of like that's an obvious statement here. But I think uh, as it gets closer and closer to training camp, I'm getting super excited about what the Broncos can do. Um, think about what the Broncos have been kind of about in the past. They've been about playing really good defense, running the football, you know, all the, uh, the, the kind of the ground and pound teams that they've had in the last few years. But now you have 
the former Packers offensive coordinator, now the head coach. It, it's just going to be a, a much more fun, pass-happy team. you got Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. But Russell Wilson, man, he's probably going to lift uh, upwards of three or four fantasy receiving weapons. Of course, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Albert Owen, Tim Patrick. I think those four guys will be drafted in fantasy leagues this year. So Russell Wilson... Right now, man, Russell Wilson uh, kind of being undervalued in, in a lot of leagues. I've, I've been doing some mock drafts here and there, and uh, he's just kind of being drafted as like a, a fringe top 10 quarterback. He is. He's my QB six. You know, I'm taking him over Lamar, Dak, Tom, Burrow, uh, just because I think he's got a lot more. He, he's got, you know, top three upside, I think, with the season. So it, it's kind of fun not knowing what you're going to get, but expecting good things out of Russell Wilson. Um, let's keep it moving here. More Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> the agent refuted uh, rumors that he could be the Buccaneers uh, this summer. Um, some more random notes here. Josh Kelly on the bubble. Salvin Ahmed on the bubble. I thought there was a couple more that I thought was interesting here. Justin Herbert working on his footwork. That's good to know. Uh, he's always kind of been really good with his feet, but uh, this is just kind of taking a page out, I think, Aaron Rodgers' book. Uh, Rodgers was notorious for, for really focusing on his footwork, and that improves everything because if your feet are in the right positions, that usually means your arm and the ball is going to go where you want it. So I like that note there. Uh, I mentioned maybe more Baker Mayfield news uh, earlier, but here we go. Um, Let's see, the, the Panthers and Browns negotiated the Baker Mayfield for two months. That's uh, that's pretty interesting. Took a while to get there, but we finally got it. And uh, thank you, my man, Ron T. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We're just reading the news. I'm going to get into some best ball picks in a second here. It's just, it's mid-July. I'm reading news blurbs from July 9th here, so nothing too crazy going on. Uh, Dak Prescott saying he's in its best shape of my life season. So for the most part here, there's not too much news. Um, but I did have one news blurb that I was saving because it kind of con contradicts things we've been reading in the past. And that is Buccaneers wide receiver, Chris Godwin. Now uh, for the most part, people have been kind of all over the place on Godwin saying that he, like there was a report maybe about a month ago saying he might miss half the season. He might be ready, you know, on the pup list in four to six weeks. Uh, but then a few days ago, Adam Schefter comes out and says they are hopeful he'll be ready for opening day which is just, whoa, pump the brakes on things because everyone kind of had been, for the most part, people were putting Russell Gage up there in the top 25 of wide receivers, moving up into the fifth and sixth round, uh, which is where, where Godwin had been taken. But all of a sudden, I mean, Chris Godwin, he got hurt, what, in December of last year? So nine months removed from that puts him right at September. So there is a chance he's ready for week one. I think for me right now, what I did with my numbers and my projections – um, I put him on the, the four-game pup list for minimum. Uh, I still think Russell Gage could be the guy uh, the first month that gets more looks. I usually don't like drafting uh, playmakers that have you know come back from a serious knee injury, and, and usually they need a full season to just get right. Uh, but if there's anyone that could do it, I think Godwin could do it. So we'll, we'll monitor this situation. I think his ADP is still relatively inflated here. He's going as the 69th or the 70th player off the board. And you see Russell Gage right there at 67. So in the last month or so, Gage hopped Godwin. We might see Godwin's ADP start to creep back up. So if you're drafting today, I suppose sixth round Godwin probably looks pretty good. Um, so that was kind of all the news and the notes that I wanted. It looks like I do have a draft pick here. Let's take a peek here and see what I can find. Uh, we are moving here. It looks like in the 13th round, I got Jalen Hurts and Kirk Cousins. Running backs, Najee Harris, DeAndre Swift, A.J. Dillon, James Cook. I like the, the the variety there. Receivers, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry. So decent group there. Goddard and Komet. So I, I would like to hammer some more wide receivers here. Uh, best available. I'm picking at 153 here. So 
Uh, Jalen Tolbert, we kind of talked about him being the, the number two for the Cowboys, potentially. I do like Van Jefferson, KJ Osborne. Those are some of the names that stick out there. If I wanted tight end, I suppose Hunter Henry and Robert Tunyon. But I'm going to go ahead and get the guy that I think will be on the on the field a lot for the Cowboys this year. He's for sure going to be the number two receiver probably to open the day, if not the number three. So I'll get a guy that's included in the Cowboys offense and we'll see what the rookie can do. And it looks like I just came online with another pick here. So let's see what this one's at. Uh, another one in the 16th round, Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray. Decent running back group here, JT, Chubb, Singletary, Hines, and Gainwell. Uh, looks like the receiving group is uh, McLaurin, Cooks, Lockett, Galladay, Tolbert, and Osborne. And then the tight end is Mark Andrews and Gerald Everett. So if I filter by ADP, what do we, I mean, I don't really know what I need here. We're all kind of well-rounded. If I'm just looking around here, uh, I could always use more receivers. Uh, Sammy Watkins, Curtis Samuel's interesting. There's Devin Duvernay. This is pick 191, so all these guys are kind of a little bit high. Uh, at that point, but Sammy Watkins is an interesting guy. I do like Mark Andrews and Everett as a tight end group, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and just stack. Uh, I'm going to get uh, Hayden Hurst on the team there, and then we're kind of done at tight end. Uh, but man, that's uh, those are all the draft picks that I had from Best Ball. And then I just want to show you guys if you're unfamiliar with uh, what's going on with the Scott Fish Bowl, um, I did. Uh, I put myself in the Dagobah division, Star Wars. Uh, I, I picked the seventh overall pick. And of course, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, definitely go check it out. Just type in Scott Fishbowl, check out the scoring and the settings. It's uh, it's a super flex league and it's heavy, heavy quarterback scoring and uh, half PPR and whatnot. I'm, I'm letting the board come to me. I'm going zero RB. We got Russ Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and it's minus four for interception. And then you get bonus points if your quarterback throws over 66%. So it's kind of interesting. And then we have a receiver group of CD Lamb, T Higgins, Mike Williams, and DK Metcalf. So uh, it's looking fun for a zero RB build. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for tonight's video. You can check out uh, Thursday night. We'll do a live mock draft. So if you guys want to do that, uh, I can always send the links. Uh, usually I do it about 7 p.m. Central time. I'll put the link in there if you guys want to join an ESPN mock draft with us. But anyways, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your evening and we'll see you in a future video. Peace.